Carl, protecting, 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 that's what they're talking about here and they say it's imprudent to borrow more than 80%. We're all a fan of prudence and it's very welcome after what happened. But I'm looking at my own mortgage. When I, when I was a first-time buyer, I got a 92%, which at the time was deemed to be prudent. I couldn't have afforded 80% in 100 years. Yeah. Are you in arrears and have you been turfed out? No, not yet, thank God. Well, that's great news because that's how most of these loans go. So I don't know who they're protecting and from what. Uh, something that I think is, is important to remember is, is that they're dressing this up as if it's a protective issue. Lending is where it was in the 1970s in terms of loan volumes. We are so far away from a fear of any credit bubble, anything. It just doesn't make any sense at all. And uh, when you look at prudence, this is the most prudent lending we've seen in my career is how it's happening now without these rules. Uh, the, the loans that get done are already stress tested as per the central bank rules. But when they're saying, oh, we'll allow you know 20% of lending to happen at high loan to value, you've got to remember the people buying now are the ones who didn't buy during the crash, who didn't buy, you know, they were renting. That's why rental, the rental market went up so much. Uh, rents are rising, property prices are rising. So really, first-time buyers are the market. As a matter of fact, they've been more than half the market for quite some time. So when they say that they'll only let a certain amount of lending be in this area, really what they're saying to a lot of first-time buyers is you shouldn't aspire to owning a house unless you can save one-fifth of the price of a house. And that's in an environment where you've got you know about half your income going out in taxation. Then you've also got, obviously, things like water rates. You've got all these other... Uh, income-reducing aspects, and you're meant to save up one-fifth or 20% of a house in cash. I just don't see how it's going to be possible. And it won't fix the problem because the problem isn't tomorrow's credit bubble. The problem is today's housing shortage. And that's something that... It's a supply issue. This is going to do absolutely nothing about supply. And if anything, Carl, this is a public consultation and it's going to be next year by the time that these rules come in. So in other words, all this is going to do now is cause a panic amongst first-time buyers because if they want to get a 90 or a 92% mortgage now because that's what they can afford, they'll be banging down the door of the bank tomorrow morning. Yeah, I mean, when they call it public consultation, that's probably too nice a way of discussing it because when you hear them talking, there's no way their mind is going to be changed. So all that it will do is you send in your your opinion on the matter and it's a box-ticking exercise for them to say, oh, we consult an industry and the public. They're not going to listen. This is coming down the road one way or the other. Two worrying factors are that by giving such advance notice, people are going to try and get out there and borrow now. It's actually going to cause more credit to go into the market quicker when lending is still actually fairly subdued. Uh, The other thing that it will do is it will encourage perverse behavior because if you want to find ways around these things, rather than having well-thought-out policies, when you use a blunt hammer, people get bad incentives and they start to figure out ways to circumvent it. So if you say, oh, you can't go above a certain amount of your loan to income, you know, banks might start to say, well, look, rather than include only, say, one-third of your overtime, we're going to actually factor in all of your overtime. That way, you know, we're not breaking the loan-to-income ratio. It's just, it, it, if they actually knew what they were trying to do, I'd, I'd be impressed by it. But this is just, it's uncalled for, unnecessary, and, and good lending is occurring. And, and not everyone who borrows high amounts goes into arrears. The bank's own chart show that people who borrow seven times income and 100% mortgages are in arrears less than those who borrowed four times. Yeah, but 100% mortgages, that, that there's nobody at any point, including when they were being offered, thought that they were a good idea. But when you talk about the central bank and the failure, the abject failure of the central bank to prevent the financial crisis, uh, could the argument be made now that the pendulum has swung too far in the other direction and this central bank under this regime is trying to prove itself to be too tough uh, when dealing with the banks? It's not even too tough. Like they're, they're, you know, The Code of Conduct on Mortgage Arrears internationally is a piece of legislation that is derided 
but which is held as totally precious in Ireland. That was the main thing that the central bank did when it comes to consumers, and it has been a failure. The ban on repossessions, which was a failed piece of policy implemented in Hungary, which isn't known as a financial regulation bastion either, also a failure. This will probably be a failure. And they're trying so hard to prove a point that doesn't need to be made. Uh, it, it actually just reinforces the belief that a lot of what yeah, but happens it isn't it fit for purpose. It doesn't need to be made now, Carl, but what they're trying to do is to prevent in five, six years' time a repeat of what got us into the mess in the first place. That was the argument for prudence and we need to have a medium to long-term view here rather than the short-term view because that didn't do us any good in the last time. But I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm, I'm not saying no to prudence. I'm saying yes to using better, more nuanced instruments. Like this is, you know, instead of callig- a bit of fine calligraphy, they're using a paintball gun. It's actually the crudest method of trying to achieve something. There are other ways. You could look at the way that individual loans are stress tested to limit the amount of certain types of income they get factored into a loan. There are lots of other things that would actually have a better outcome. What about something like a social insurance for people when they lose their job that is factored into your mortgage payment? Because it was actually the job loss when you had unemployment treble that caused a lot of the arrears. But you also had people with loan to value of you know 25% who went into arrears. And this won't protect them either. So I'm saying that, that it's, it's, it's a more... Uh, difficult to articulate and complex thing than just saying, oh, buying this amount of money off the top, you can't go beyond a certain limit irrespective of what you're doing or what point you're at in your life. And and they try to temper that by saying, oh, well, you are allowed to do a little bit of it. But if that's the case, then, then why are you making the rules at all? What about the government's plan to supplement and uh, insure deposits? What effect will this have on that? Well, now you're getting to the heart of the issue because you know what, Jonathan? Central banks aren't meant to be political, but this is absolutely a political move. You've got the government on one hand saying that they want to let people borrow, you know, potentially 95% of a property price. That's a dumb idea. And and it doesn't need further discussion than just to say it's flat out pig-headed and wrong. Equally, though, the central bank come out and say, oh, look, we're going to bring out a new rule that won't allow that to happen because we'll create this structural law. Now, the timing of this is beyond coincidental. It was never mentioned until around the time, right before the budget, where this other rule might be coming out. So there's other things happening in the corridors of power that, like, they don't lend themselves into, into the argument because they're, they're two, two different groups fighting over the same thing. But you don't see that, that it's actually a head-to-head of the central bank saying we don't want bad lending ideas and the government saying rather than fix all the structural problems we have and increase housing supply, we'll just make it easier to get more credit. And the two of them are fighting against each other.